This is the Rejoicing in the Word podcast coming to you from the capital region of the Susquehanna Valley. My name is Josh Hamilton, and with me to here today is my co-host, Pastor Brandon Starnes. We want to welcome you back here for another look at Romans chapter 1, and today we're going to be looking in verse 13 specifically. But before we do that, we want to do some recap here of what we've been looking at. Pastor, where are we at here in the book of Romans? We've been working through Romans chapter 1 here. Well, we still continue to study these attributes of one that is rejoicing, looking in some detail at the Apostle Paul's life and ministry. Particularly, there's a number of times that he uses that word, I. He's referencing himself, and then there's a number of characteristics that we've looked at. We've looked at the fact that he is so thankful for them. That was an important part of one that is rejoicing in the Lord. We looked at his genuine heartfelt service, his submissiveness in spirit, his loving, uh, lovingness of heart, if you will. And last week it was his humble spirit. This week we'll take a theme out of verse number 13 and we'll look a little bit about his fruitfulness in his spiritual life. Let me go ahead and read that verse for us. It says, Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oft times I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. You know, before we really jump into the theme of this verse, I would emphasize just something we said just a moment ago, and that was under this word, let hitherto. Here's the Apostle Paul making plans. He was a planned man. He's a man that structures his journey. He's following the Lord. Yet there were times where he had prayed, sought God's will for something, set his mind for a dedication, a focus, a place to arrive, not unlike the Roman church, and it was not to happen. He was let. He was hindered. That's an important aspect to look at of one rejoicing. Uh, How are we when the actions of our lives are disrupted, when things go, shall we say, awry, when things do not work out as we plan? Yet here you find a man that even despite the hindrances of life, and there certainly were many for him, just as there are for us, I think it's Job that talks about them just ascending uh, like ash, you know, into the skies. So they were with the Apostle Paul in his life. Troubles, hindrances always come, even even in the will of God, yet that did not disrupt his joy. And you see it fully manifested by his desire to see fruit. The last part of that verse, he said that I might have fruit among you. Uh, that was a pursuit, a passionate pursuit, a quest, if you will, in the Apostle Paul's life. That was his his desire for the believers there at Rome. Uh, he's talking about that he would find it among them. And so in order to be able to find it among them, he's they're going to have to have fruit, and that was going to be the revelation of God's work sure, in their it, life. It's a grand mark in the life of a child of God that we bear fruit. Uh, John chapter 15, I believe, uh, you could call that a fruit passage of the Bible. He talks of, if you abide in me, you'll bring forth fruit. He that beareth fruit, I'll purge it. He'll bring forth more fruit. And then finally, I think it's in verse 8, much fruit. fruit. It's that superlative essence there. That obviously speaks of the will of God's desire for each of his children uh, to be uh, profiting, if I can use that word, bearing fruit in their life. In John chapter 15 and verse 5, he that abideth in me, And I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. And then a reminder that we'll probably revisit in today's podcast, and that's this, for without me you can do nothing. That's good. You know, if I'm a child of God, uh, I have the indwelling of the Spirit of God, 
And therefore, according to Romans chapter, or rather Galatians chapter 5, I should have the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, We should be marked by the bearing of spiritual fruit in our life. That was the purpose of his trip to Rome. I think we covered just a couple of a couple of times before, that his trip to go to Rome was not one of uh, a social visit. It wasn't one of of uh, interacting, um, sightseeing, if you will. The whole purpose that he's there in Rome, uh, verse number 11, it speaks of imparting them some spiritual gift. His desire is to see spiritual fruit in their life. Subsequently, by way of application, we look at it for you and I, our life should be marked as one as a personal, uh, unquenchable quest to see the Spirit of God produce fruit in our life as well. You know what's interesting there is we just you just mentioned that no matter where Paul went, he was rejoicing. We also can see in Paul's life no matter where he went, there was fruit in his life. Sure. Uh, you know, and, and there's various ways that one could look at the word fruit in the Scriptures. I, I can think of three that come to mind. Uh, one, you look at fruit from a spiritual point of view as one that you might would call it, let's call it the attitudes of a believer. And by that, we would look at the Spirit of God, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, rather, uh, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, etc. Those are the attitudes that you see in a believer's life, and they are many. Uh, why would these fruits cease in my Christian life, uh, regardless of whether I was in Rome or Jerusalem? Whether I was in the palace or the prison, can I not still have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith? Yes, of course. So one way to look at the fruit of the Spirit in our life is to look at it as these, these attitudes, if you will, that should ever be incre- uh, increasing in our spiritual life. What, what's some other ways there? I think another way that you might look at the idea of spiritual fruit, you might look at it as the actions of a believer. Okay. I think it's Second Peter. Um, chapter number one, he says, and besides all this, giving all diligence. And diligence is, if you will, an earnest application applied to a task. Giving all diligence, add to your faith. And the first of this this list is virtues, uh, and, and others will follow it. But there's a level of actions that I should engage in as a believer, um, not in order to maintain or not in order to earn my salvation, but rather as a fruit of my salvation. Right. I like how Titus mentions, or in the book of Titus, we find that your good works are to adorn the doctrine of God. Yes. They show forth, if we can put it in the sense, a fruit unto holiness. Now, we we might would say, what are those? I can think of a number of them, even from the epistle of Romans. But uh, as far as the actions of a believer, you know, you might think of Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, the the holy essence of what true worship is. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you bring your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable duty. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. I could say that one of the spiritual fruits in the life of a believer ought to be the pursuit of a holy life. Um, that that should be part of the spiritual fruit that every believer seeks seeks to um, live out in their life. Right. Not unlike, you know, what Peter commanded. And, you know, fruit really identifies a tree. Like if you go to a farm, you go to an orchard, you're going to find a plum tree is a plum tree because it's bearing plum fruit. You're going to find a peach tree and be able to identify it because it's bearing peaches. And so in our spiritual life, as we live, whole, as we live holy lives, 
our actions identify us. They point out to others. They can walk up. It's like walking up to a tree and seeing a peach and being able to say, oh, this is a peach tree. You know, someone walks up and they are seeing us living our life wholly before the Lord, and they're able to see, oh, there's a Christian. And when should that cease in our life? That shouldn't. It should never. Again, prison or palace, there could be a steadfast incline of that which pleases God. I think as you're thinking about these actions, not only the idea of holy living, but I, I think of one that could be anywhere and always, and that's the praise to God. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15, we read, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Now, you just think about that. How fruitful are we in our lives? Oh, my goodness. It's the will of God in Christ Jesus that we give thanks. It's something that we're to offer, an action, a, a spiritual fruit. Uh, too often, we let the happenings of our life dictate the testimony of our lips. Absolutely. We fail to give praise and thanks to God even the most difficult of times. And I, I think that is a great failure in the life of a believer. If we're rejoicing, if we're instant, in season, and out of season, and consistent with those things, then not only should there be the ever-bearing attitudes of a believer in a sense of fruit, but there should be these actions. And of course, there are many others in the scriptures. Um, another one that comes to mind is just our giving. You know, our giving. I think of the passage there in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 17. He says, not that I desire a gift. But you remember the last half of that? So uh, fruit for your account. Yes, fruit for your account. And he's, he's talking about the financial giving of our possessions back unto the Lord of heaven. And when you consider these, these are just actions that you and I as children of God ought to engage in. They are, if you will, a, a New Testament uh, focus of spiritual fruits. But then there's a third one, and I think this one probably is in theme and context with Romans as an epistle, and certainly in Romans chapter 1, considering uh, verses 15 and 16 and 17, where he's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And that is, you can see the identification of spiritual fruits, not only in the attitudes and actions, but in the additions to biblical faith. And by that, of course, we're speaking of those that have come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 16 and verse 5, you have Epinetus, who was the first fruit of Achaia unto Christ. This is, this is a wonderful type of first fruit, a wonderful type of fruit. It was to see the lives of individuals transformed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be it a Jew, not unlike the apostle, uh, not unlike the apostle Paul himself, or be that a Gentile, uh, be that any of these that are listed in the 16th chapter of Rome, individuals that came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that is, in fact, a spiritual fruit, and it is an eternal fruit as well. Well, how often are souls referred to as a harvest? Often, yes. Even uh, Romans chapter, I'm sorry, John chapter 4. Lift up your eyes and look into the fields. They're white already to harvest. Yes. Uh, you know, and even keeping with that agricultural thing, right, fruit, harvest, uh, Paul speaks about watering, planting, sowing. God gives the increase. Yes, God giving the reaping. And when you consider that, there are all too often expressions of fruit in the regards of people coming to, by faith, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And you know what? One of our, one of our tasks that we have, as we would look at those passages of a harvest and souls being part of that harvest, one of the 
jobs, the duties, the responsibilities of a Christian is to be taking part in planting that seed, in watering that seed, or in in reaping whatever and whatever stage and God can't brings that us be along. done anywhere. Absolutely, can. I mean, that might be the simple giving of a gospel tract. That might be a good word in due season. Proverbs talks about how grand that is. Uh, that might be to someone that having a physical ailment that goes to a hospital or a doctor's office. That might be the student in classes. It might be the employee, uh, the manufacturing worker, or whatever the case might be. We can do that at any and all times. And these are spiritual fruits that abide on our account. And they're so important in the Christian life that we bear spiritual fruit. Well, let me let me read that verse there, John chapter 15, verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So we glorify the Father by bearing fruit. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful expression to consider. Uh, one of the great joys that should be produced in our heart is a desire to worship him who is worthy. You know, to strive for faithfulness, fruitfulness, if you will. Uh, sometimes uh, the fruits of, uh, of additions, if you will, to the biblical faith may be minute. Other times we might reap where we sowed not. Yet saints should in all times seek to have a fruit abounding to their spiritual life. It is of grand necessity. It is of extreme importance that we're bearing spiritual fruit. It's a mark of a child of God that is abounding in rejoicing. But we have something that's very important as far as causing this fruit in our life. And you have it listed here as an instigator of spiritual fruit. Well, well you know, it's too often synthetic. Uh, you know, you, you can be out in your garden or whatever and um, come see beautiful flowers and then you, you know, come to church, whatever, and we've got synthetic flowers. And, and outward, so often in a Christian's life, we can engage in the same means. Outwardly, we have something that looks the part. It, it, it can even uh, give an, a sense that it belongs. Right. But the reality of a child of God is we're not looking for something that just seems like it's spiritual fruit. We want the real deal. And the real deal of all spiritual fruit is produced in the life of the believer by Almighty God. I think it's, uh, is it Philippians 1? He that hath been confident very thing, he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day. Yeah, I mean, that's the idea that it's the Lord God that's going to bring about many of these spiritual uh, fruits in my life. I, I just have to be yielding. I have to be compliant. I have to be willing. Um, you know, someone comes by my way. I have the opportunity to speak a, a word of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, God, in his sovereign plan, put that intersection there. I have to have a yielding spirit to obey. Um we have difficulties in life. Um, you know, being conformed to the, the person of Jesus Christ is just part of the will of God for our life. And uh, that's the opportunity and uh, the commands laid out in Scripture. Yet I have to have a willingness, a right. yieldingness uh, to follow suit. It's him, that is divine power, that brings all this to pass in our life. Well, it's Galatians that says that these are fruit of the Spirit. Yes. Uh, it's the work of the Holy Ghost. And in Romans chapter 8, um, and well, Romans chapter 9 too there, there's a number of things that we're taught specifically about the spirit of God uh, and these are important in keeping if we're, if we're going to have an understanding that it's God working through us him performing that work into the day of Jesus Christ you know there'll be times of 
perhaps barrenness where we don't see the same fruit in our life that we'd like or see others come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's then we need to realize it's the work of the Holy Spirit of God that bears witness that our, uh, with our spirit that we are the children of God. Right. Uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 13, um, it's the Spirit of God that empowers us to have victory. All of this is through the person of God, through the Godhead bodily, uh, or I should say the Godhead mightily, and you and I must be willing vessels to bring forth fruit that abounds. You know, so, that's, the, that's the key part there. We need to be willing. Yes. The glorious opportunity that God has given unto us. It's a mark, an attribute, if you will, of one that's rejoicing the Lord. Fruitfulness in our spiritual life. That takes us to the verse of the day here, Psalm 119, verses 111. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. And as we end on this note, we just want to thank you for listening, but also challenge you to continue rejoicing in the Word. Mm-hmm.